Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. Your sitter. Wow. Set and recording. Efficient uh, recording device set inside. Jokic. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am your host, Zach Mikosh, with DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to Nothing But Net Radio on the Dash Radio Network. It is 4 o'clock here in the Mile High City, and if you have not figured it out, the next hour on Nothing But Net is all about the Denver Nuggets here on the Pickaxe Pundit Show. We do have one co-host with us today. It is Mr. Ryan Blackburn out in South Carolina. Ryan, what's going on? Well, not much, Zach. As as the audience, I'm sure, remembers, the last time you introduced me, I was in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, and now I am back across the country in South Carolina, ready to go for one last semester of school, hopefully. That's it. So you're a senior now. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It is. It's, Ryan is just growing up before our very eyes. It's a, it's oh, a, stop it's a touching it. moment. <laughs> Don't get so sappy on me, sir. So, so have you? How long do you think the motivation will last before the senioritis really starts to uh, set in? Oh, it's already gone. Like I've, <laughs> I've been spending the last week or so setting up this apartment after traveling across the country it is completely gone i don't want to do a thing i just want to lay in bed and watch episodes of brooklyn 99 with my girlfriend yeah there you go i mean that sounds like that sounds like a perfect day to me but uh it's all downhill from here ryan enjoy it while you can after this it's nothing but responsibility (laughs) (laughs) can't wait all right, so on our show today, we are we're going to continue our player preview um, series. We've been doing it now. Uh, this will be the second week. We started last week, of course, with the kind of the kind of the big three: Nikola Jokic, Gary Harris, and Paul Millsap. So we're going to roll through the next next three in the rotation. Uh, the next, I think, obviously one of the biggest players still on the team or biggest parts of this core moving forward is Jamal Murray. So we'll. We'll open the show with a breakdown on on our expectations for Jamal this upcoming year, and then next the last the last starter we have to cover would be Will Barton of the new starting small forward. I want to talk quite a bit about that that change for Will in his career, and and specifically the fact that he'll be playing small forward, uh, and then the newest Nugget, 
Isaiah Thomas. You would expect him to be the sixth man this year, so he will round out the show. We're going to break down Isaiah Thomas, what we what what was realistically uh, or what's realistic to expect out of him, and then also, I mean, is this just a one-season rental, or, or could there potentially be something more there? I want to talk about that as well. So between those three players, I think we've got a, a full show ahead of us, and we won't delay any more. Let's get right into Jamal Murray. So I want to ask the same question that we asked last week about Nikola Jokic, and I think I, with that week when we had Jeremy and Mike on, they both they both kind of agreed that it was probably going to be Nikola Jokic, but I think a lot of people, if you're gonna if you're gonna say the second most likely guy to to get voted uh, to be the the top scorer for the Nuggets this upcoming season, most people I think are probably gonna say Jamal Murray, if not Nikola Jokic. So uh, let me ask you, Ryan. I mean, how realistic is it to think that Jamal could end up leading the Nuggets in scoring? You know, I actually think it's very realistic. He was actually going to be my pick this year as the leading scorer on the team. Uh, Maybe people shouldn't be taking my advice because I thought Wilson Chandler would break out last year and become the leading scorer in a <laughs> in a starting role, but that was that was just me and that was very incorrect. However, I do have a really good feeling about Jamal Murray this year, and here's why. He's going from his second year to his third year. Really exciting for point guards specifically. And I know he's even probably just his second year as a point guard because he spent most of his first year as a backup shooting guard. Uh, right. With Jamal, you're talking about a guy who is still learning to play the point guard position but has proven to be extremely efficient from the perimeter, has shown that he can get to the rim, uh, and has an in-between game as well with floaters, with pull-up jumpers that he consistently showed at Kentucky and that has translated to the NBA. Uh, I think it's really exciting to see what he can do, not just in more volume, but as he continues to show off his new show off some new efficiency uh, by improving pieces of his game from last year. I think there's a distinct possibility that he averages 20 points per game this year and I wrote about it before and it's something that I actually very much believe. Yeah, I, I... I think definitely, definitely is a, he's a he's a solid guy to pick. I think the, the situation right is if if Jamal Murray does end up being the leading scorer for the Nuggets, I think the, then you you expect that they're having probably a uh, well one of two situations either happen. Either, either something really bad has gone wrong and, and it just Jamal is like one of the only guys who's still healthy and played playing the season, or the the you'd expect the Nuggets are probably doing pretty well because if Jamal Murray is the guy who's leading them in scoring, that means he's probably filling a role that they need from in in terms of perimeter scoring you would expect either him or Will Barton really to to be that guy so i would i don't know it's it's hard to pick i honestly think it'll be it'll be Will Barton who ends up leading the team in scoring but i think Jamal Murray is is definitely wow. a good a good possibility i mean it, yeah. it's just I'm, I'm just surprised i'm just surprised that you say that that's that's a very interesting pick i would say uh Barton, I I do think takes a little bit more of a backseat most of the time when he uh, when he gets in with the other three kind of main scorers on the team. But I think it's really interesting that that you think that he could break out, and I don't think there's I think there's a pretty large reason for that. Honestly, he he's going to have a lot of times where he's guarded by the least likely defender to to stop him. Uh, with Jamal Murray and Gary Harris commanding a lot of attention as well. I think it really just shows the balance that Denver has within their scoring, that they'll have four pretty 
pretty darn solid scorers in their in their starting lineup at this point with Jokic, Harris, Murray, and and now Will Barton, and that's that's a big change from last year. And that's even I mean don't discount really don't discount Paul Millsap either. That's a, Paul is still still a a solid scorer as well. I mean you probably think he'll end up getting about twelve points per game or some somewhere around there. That's probably where you want him to be 12, 12 to fifteen. I guess fifteen would be ideal. But they're really they they'll have scoring all around. So it could, it's it's what makes the who's going to be the leading score question really interesting because it's going to be probably they'll have whoever ends up averaging 20 points a game, right? If there's one guy, nobody did last season, but if there's, so if there's one guy who averages 20 points per game, that's going to be the guy who ends up leading, you know, he's going to end up probably leading this team in scoring. And I think if it's Jamal Murray, then, then you're looking at, you know, that's a, that's a big, that's a big improvement for, for the team overall, because that shows that they can lean on him night in and night out. You're getting some more consistency out of him in terms of scoring, and you're getting it from your point guard position, uh, presumably. So that's a that's a bonus as well for them. I, I still think though. I mean, I would. I like. I said. I just think Barton. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it because all right, we're gonna. I'm gonna get into that. Uh, I'm gonna get into that into the next segment. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep it on Jamal. Let me ask you this then. Uh, other than outside of just improving on his scoring, which I think most people expect expect him to do, Ryan. What what else do you think he needs to improve upon? the most this season or what is the 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 aspect of his game that he needs to add that can make him the most effective this upcoming year well he was one of the most efficient scorers and and shooters from the point guard position last year when I, when I did my point guard power rankings a few weeks ago he consistently graded out as one of those guys that that you know is at least borderline elite in that category uh where he really didn't excel was in the facilitation uh He's a limits his turnovers pretty well, but he doesn't generate as many passes and and uh, assists as you would like. And part of that is given Jokic is handling the ball as much as he is. But a lot of the a lot of the time, Murray has some easy passes that he misses. And as he continues to be more experienced, as I mean, can't remember, can't forget that he's twenty one. So he he's right. still extremely young, and especially for a point guard, he has a long way to go on on decision making and knowing when to score versus when to pass in all of those situations. But I think that as he becomes more of a dual threat, there it'll continue to open up the entire offense, open up his individual scoring game, uh, and it'll just be more of a dynamic threat than than anybody's like starting to believe he is right now so i think i think it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see where he ends up and again i think he averages 20 points per game which is uh most of the time it's going to come off of Jokic uh dribble handoffs in all likelihood and and then turning into murray pick and rolls but i think that's there's a very very large use for that in today's nba yeah no absolutely i mean there's and and there's a large use for it on the nuggets as well because they they can't solely depend on Jokic to initiate their offense or to be able to run their offense. And so Jamal Murray really needs, I think, to be that secondary playmaker for for the, for the their team. Be, be, well, again, I always keep going back to Will Barton, but he you want that out of Jamal. Again, if he's averaging 20, 20 some points and he's, and he's being effective in the pick and roll, and he's also, you know, if he's picking up his assists as well, I think then then you see – 
you see him become a complete player on offense because that's really what he's just missing is that command uh, of the of the offense and that execution in the pick and roll that he I mean he's got it in him it's just there it, it gets sloppy at times so there's if he could do that I, I like that I think that's a, I think that's a really good point out I think I mean the other thing that obviously you need to get out of Jamal that you need to get out of every every player on the Nuggets is you want to see continued improvement on defense I think he's a guy who certainly has in him. I think he has the athleticism. He has uh, the the work ethic. He certainly, at, at, as a as a point guard, he certainly has the size to be to be a very good defender. He, it's, it's something that though that the Nuggets. It's because you you just they're a team that's going to without a true rim protector. Their best rim protector is Mason Plumley. So without a true rim protector, they're a team that has to have. The, the an exceptional perimeter defense and they don't have it at all and you know you know you're going to have issues with with your your lineup your perimeter players are a bit undersized with the exception of your point guards that's really the one spot i think if you if you're out of any of them you've got to you've got to get better defense out of so when i look at what what i'm hoping he adds to his game for next season is is basically just a better a better defensive I, I i don't even want to say effort i guess i don't want to say iq either but he's just he's he just, just gotta better. be better you know he can just right, get better yeah. and that's i i totally totally agree i think that the effort with him is fine he gives a lot of great effort especially in the big moments of the game where where you need somebody to kind of harass the other ball handler he's not necessarily the most intelligent basketball iq wise on that end and again, as he matures, as he gets gains experience, he'll be able to understand how his body can work to defend and mirror those players, but also uh, learning to take them away from their spots, uh, understanding the team around him, and especially Jokic, and that he has to cover for certain things that Jokic just can't cover for. One of the things that you mentioned about the Nuggets is that they don't have a lot of size, and what they could make up for that is length, but they don't really have a lot of length either. I mean, they're going to start a 6'4 guard in Murray, a 6'4 guard in Harris, and a 6'6, we'll call him wing, and that's being generous with Will Barton, and right. a 6'8 Paul Millsap, who is still a solid defender, but I'm not sure he's the top five defender that he was just two years ago. So you're talking about giving a lot of responsibility to Jamal on the defensive end, and and maybe if you're Michael Malone, maybe you would prefer that he focus more of his defense, more of his development on defense, and that might actually elevate Denver's ceiling, given that they have some great offensive creators and and another potential one on the way in Michael Porter. Uh, right. But you did mention before with Will Barton and his creation, you can never have too many playmakers on the floor, in my opinion. It just makes you more dynamic. The Warriors have Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, and uh, Draymond Green as their primary three creators. And when one of those guys goes to the bench, usually they start to struggle a little bit more. And when two of those when two of those guys go to the bench, especially Steph and KD, they're actually like a neutral team. So right. that's a uh, it's a big deal to try and have as many creators on the floor, which is why I love what Denver's doing with their starting lineup this year. It also will help if Jamal Murray improves his facilitation. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's let's uh, to wrap up Jamal Murray. There's a 
there, I think there's always that stigma about a first year player to a second year player that when it comes to when you, the most improved award or most improved player of the year award that you really can't give it to that guy because it's the natural development is going to be now going into your second season because you're not a rookie who's totally brand new to everything. Now you know what's going on. Now you understand the routine. So now you just can go out and execute your work. That there, that's you should improve greatly from year one to year two, and Jamal did. I mean, he had he improved his scoring by quite a bit. He started, he went from starting ten games to starting eighty. He was, he was, he shot better. He, I mean, he was, he was better across the board. Now, though, the question is, can he make that step? Do you think, Ryan, is it in him to make that step from second, second year to third year to get into the most improved player conversation, maybe even win the award? Oh, sure. Yeah, no, that's that's I I fully believe that he is capable of doing that. Uh, he doesn't have that far to go to get to 20 points per game. He, he will continue averaging more minutes as he gets more healthy and stronger. Uh, if, as he becomes more capable, he'll he'll get more of those shot opportunities, more of those playmaking opportunities. Uh, and and as I said, the the biggest jump that I've usually watched with point guards is from year two to year three, not necessarily even from year one to year two. So as Jamal continues to showcase his talents and understand what is necessary for him to be successful in this league, guys like Derek Rose and Chris Paul, uh, Stephen Curry even showed just how great they were in their third year seasons. Uh, Derek Rose in his third year won his MVP award. It wasn't his second year. He actually learned how to take over games then. Uh, with Jamal Murray, I think there's a lot of the same potential for him to just add to his game, go from 16 points per game, 17 points per game, to 20 to 21 points per game, to go from three assists to five assists, to go from three and a half rebounds to four and a half rebounds and to become more efficient. It's just the small progression that when you become a playoff team and if, if he's helping lead the Nuggets to a top five, top four seed in the West, then I don't know how you could ignore the guy, honestly. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think he, he'd have to be in that. He would have to be in that conversation. Now I am going to say, I'm, we're calling it right here. Ryan Blackburn says Jamal Murray will win the MVP award. Not, not MIP MVP award, just like no. Derek Rose in his no. third year. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I, I think he's, I think Jamal's definitely, definitely could be a candidate that he's going to have to pick up the scoring. You're like you said, he's going to have to be a, a plus 20 plus 20 points per per game score because just that's that's the that's the overwhelming stat that always wins that award is the guy who who picks up his scoring the most but he's also going to have to be a guy who's going to be seen as a a every night in night in night out threat when you think about like a guy like Victor Oladipo who won it he went from being a pretty good player when he's actually his last season in Orlando he was a pretty good player he went from there to you know obviously had that bad season in, in Oklahoma City but then when he gets to the Pacers he makes that step up to becoming, okay, that's the guy night in, night out that every team is game planning for. That's the kind of jumps that you see when you think about guys like CJ McCollum or, or Paul George, when, when, when they, Jimmy Butler, when all these guys, when they won, won the most improved player awards, that's the type of jump that, that Jamal's going to have to come. I honestly think it's probably, probably going to be around like 22 points a game is probably where he's going to have to end up being. And he's not, he played 31, almost 32 minutes a game last year. So he's going to have to, I mean, he might get up to 34, 35, but he's going to have to find, a way to be a more efficient scorer is the only way he's going to be able to do it 
because he's are and, and perhaps he takes more attempts. I mean, he only took 13 shots a game last season. The main thing I think that he's got to improve on is, is his three point shooting. I mean, we know Jamal Murray can shoot. We know he's a fantastic shooter, yet he only shot 37% from the three point line last year. If you, you he gets that number up above 40, then I think he's going to, that's how he's going to end up getting that scoring. Uh, maybe maybe adding two more shots a game uh, up to about 15 shots a game and, and just converting on more three-pointers, then he's going to end up probably, I think he can push up to that around that, 20, like you said, 21-point kind of scoring range. And that'll, that, that'll, if nothing else, that'll get him in the conversation, I think, especially and, if the Nuggets are playing well. And he's also, he's also probably the best candidate on the Nuggets for a 50-40-90 season, to be frank. Like, he his free throw percentage is through the roof. Uh, as right. he continues to mature, like he he's already above ninety percent last year, like like no reason to see why he can't do that again. Uh, as amazing as that is, uh, like his three point shooting, I think everybody expects that to be above the forty percent threshold during his prime. So if he hits that next year, then there's certainly an opportunity. And and with Will Barton and Gary Harris and and Paul Millsap and potentially better health across the board for those guys, including Nikola Jokic as the facilitator add some small improvement in, in Murray's game and he could be up over 50, 40, 90 on a high volume. And that would be, that would be a great way to illustrate to the national audience that he has arrived and a most improved player would be a great way for them to honor that. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, and again, that's, that's the type of thing that it's kind of the best case scenario for the Nuggets. If though, if that, if he's in that conversation, then you know, Denver's having a good season because that's, that's the kind of improvement they need out of a guy like Jamal Murray for the team themselves to take, uh, to take that step up into the next, into the next, you know, into becoming a, a basically a perennial playoff team, which is kind of where the next step in their, their rebuild or whatever you want to call it, um, is at this point. All right, let, let, let's shift over. Let's shift over to our last starting player in the or the last uh, guy in the starting lineup. That is Will Barton, the newest starter on on the team. Will, of course, will will take over the spot that was vacated by Wilson Chandler being traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. He if this is if this is the moment he's always been waiting for. It's it's like this is the culmination of all of his work this season. He got obviously he got the big contract and and now he gets the starter, which Will has always I mean I remember it was one of the first questions uh, I asked him on my first media day was that hey you were a you know I I was trying to see you you were a six man of the year candidate you know, how, how good does that make you feel? And, and how much do you want to build on that? And, and he was very quick to point out and, and not in like a, uh, an arrogant way or just, just in, a, in kind of in a matter of fact, in, in a way that showed, that showed the, the hunger and the fire that he has, but that he was like, yeah, he was like, you know, that's good. And of course you want to win awards like that. He's like, but you know, I, I want to be a starter in the NBA. I believe I have the talent to be a starter in the NBA. I believe I can uh, be a team, a guy that teams rely on from the tip and, and, give them night in night out that the big minutes that, you know, that, that he thought he was capable of playing. And, and so this is, this is kind of it. This is the validation of all of that, of that belief right now. Brian, do you think that he'll, his game will change in any way now that he's going from being a bench guy uh, to a full-time starter? I think it'll change a little bit, but I am still counting on the same Will Barton to be, on the floor most nights where he's very dynamic he he understands how to manipulate his manipulate the defense while he's scoring 
in order to generate some assists for others as well. Uh, and I don't think that's going to change too much. I think that uh, if Jamal Murray is scoring as well as he is, and if Gary Harris is providing a solid third option status as a as a wing spacer and scorer, then I think that there's definitely potential for him to be more of a spot-up shooter this year. Uh, his three-point percentage has improved every single season. Uh, I would expect that to continue, to if or at least to stabilize this year. Uh, 37%, 38% is a very... Uh, reasonable number, especially for a fourth option. Uh, but I expect the Nuggets to do a lot of staggering this year with their lineups. I think that with Isaiah Thomas, I think he'll need some help scoring on the second unit. And while Trey Lyles could provide that in some capacity, I think that the Nuggets will probably rotate one of their three guards to be on the one of their starting three guards to be on the floor with Isaiah Thomas pretty much at all times. I think it just makes a lot of sense to, if you have weapons, to use them uh, and to keep the pressure on as much as possible. So Will Barton could definitely be one of those guys. Uh, He spent a lot of time, as always, with the bench unit last year, and I think he probably makes the most sense, uh, given what the starting unit did without him last year, uh, and given how much he could help the bench unit score this year. Right. The other thing about the that you can do with that that rotation is Will Barton is the guy above all else. You know, he if you want to play him forty eight straight minutes, he's he'd be the guy who could he could take it and, and, and be just fine. It's Will Will's a a warrior when it comes to being out there on the court. So he he can be your starter that you leave in for the entire first quarter. You know, he can he can basically play play minutes with the starters and then as you sub in your bench he's that one guy who continues to give them support or and give them give let guys like Jamal Murray and Gary Harris get a rest so then that way when you get into the second quarter now one of those guys is coming off the bench Barton's getting his rest and one of either Murray or Harris is is supporting Thomas like you say because I do think that's a good point I think the Nuggets get into trouble when they're relying on Trey Lyles to be there scoring off the bench Lyles is is a a very good scoring option. He proved last year that he used an effective stretch four, but if he is your number one option on offense or even even really the number two, it, it becomes difficult for for him to be to be as effective because he, there's not he's not getting nearly as many good looks because teams know that okay basically it's either Isaiah Thomas that he's going to drive in uh, and try and kick something to to, to Lyles in the corner maybe or he, they're going to try and run some sort of pick and pop that's that's pretty much the limit of your offense and I think it's pretty easy to eliminate him whereas when you've got those that dynamic in there plus a guy like a Will Barton or Jamal Murray or Gary Harris or maybe even a Michael Porter Jr. at that point or at some point in the season, then then suddenly your offense becomes uh, a little bit more dynamic and it opens up things for Lyles and it gives and it takes that, that pressure off of, of Thomas because it, Lyles is not going to be a playmaker, right? A guy like any one of those other guys I named can be a playmaker with Thomas to give the team some more options and, and create on offense in, in a couple of different ways. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, Barton would definitely be a candidate to continue to add to that bench uh, diverse scoring. 
Uh, with Isaiah Thomas, you're you're getting a guy as a point guard that haven't had in the past years. Uh, I would say that uh, Emmanuel Moutier and Devin Harris do they kind of pale in comparison to what at least Isaiah Thomas can be as a threat uh, handling and scoring the basketball. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting. I think that Isaiah Thomas uh, will probably handle it mostly, but you could see Will Barton handling some on the bench units. And another thing with the with the bench or or the starting rotation, you could actually have uh, Barton be the first person off the floor uh, at the six minute mark in the first quarter, and then come on for the start of the second quarter so that the offense doesn't stall. Because I think that that was yeah. one of the that was one of the primary points in Denver's rotation at the beginning of the second and the fourth quarter where Jokic was off the floor, Harris off the floor, Murray off the floor. You need guys to be able to keep the ball rolling. And Barton could definitely be that guy. Uh, his added spot-up shooting, added playmaking to the starting unit is going to be helpful this year for sure. But where he's going to be most valuable, I think, is when Jokic is off the floor, Harris off the floor, Murray off the floor, where he can continue to keep the ball rolling in combination with Thomas. Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a, that's a great point. I'll tell you what, let's let's go ahead. We're going to hit the break uh, right here, right now. And then when we get back, I want to keep this Barton conversation going because I think there's some interesting things to discuss about just about – uh, in terms of what we've kind of already alluded to in terms of just his size and now that he's playing small forward and how 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 that could be at a disadvantage this this year or or really any year especially in the western conference and then uh we'll, let's we'll finish it up uh with with him we'll move on to Isaiah Thomas and and break down what we're expecting from the Nuggets newest six man so let's hit a break and be right back been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest that's when disaster strikes the last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business maybe your light suddenly won't turn on or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling heck maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new ac unit whatever your need may be give sun electrical a call They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. All right, 
everybody, welcome back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Zach Mikosh, Ryan Blackburn with DevilStiffs.com. You are listening to Nothing But Net Radio. We spent the first half of our show breaking down our expectations for Jamal Murray. And then we got into some discussion about Will Barton. And I want to keep that going because I think the the biggest question mark that I would have about Will Barton becoming a starter this year has to be the fact that he is, you know, I think he's – maybe they might list him at 6'7", which I think is somewhat generous. But when you think about the Western Conference with guys like Paul George, with guys like – uh, Jimmy Butler with guys like Kevin Durant. Th- having Will Barton as the guy defending those players, it just seemingly puts the Nuggets automatically at a disadvantage just because he's got, he doesn't have the size you know, to, to really compare with those guys. And when you think about a guy like Kevin Durant, I mean, he can just shoot right over Will and it's, it's not going to be a problem whatsoever. So, Right, I mean, how big of a concern is that, especially with a team like Denver, who, like we've been talking about, they need they need perimeter defense, and so now they're going to have a guy who, at small forward, arguably the the toughest. Play. I mean, LeBron James plays in the Western Conference now, but are so the toughest, probably the toughest position to defend. That's going to be a guy who's going to be automatically they're going in undersized and at a disadvantage. How big of a de- concern is that? Uh, it's. I I fear for the lives of Will Barton and Nikola Jokic pick and rolls with the the big three and the and the hard rolling above the rim five like a like Paul George Stephen Adams pick and roll or LeBron James and JaVale McGee pick and roll like those are going to be a big pain this year for Denver and it's going to be really interesting to see how Denver closes games uh, if they have if they just keep getting abused by the small forward that's towering over Barton on some possessions, like hypothetically, if you're going into the, if you're going into the last two minutes of a game with Oklahoma city and Paul George has put up 40 points, then you probably are going to want to have Tory Craig in there, which means that you're removing one of your starters in Gary Harris or Will Barton. Uh, right. That's, that's a big deal. Like that's, that could be a huge game changer for this team chemistry wise. Uh, you better hope that you're ahead on offense because like that could be, that could be an issue. And, and I think there'll be a lot of those games where Denver is ahead down the stretch up five points, up seven points, uh, two minutes, three minutes left to go. And Michael Malone has a decision to make about whether he sticks with it on defense with uh, Will Barton, or he goes to a uh, larger, more capable wing option defensively in Torrey Craig, or if if there's another guy that presents himself at that time, then then maybe that person. But I, th- I think it's going to be a really interesting thing to track during the year. And it's one of the things where you could you could start seeing Will Barton transition into a back into a bench role if things don't work out well. Right, right. It's it'd be interesting because Will's definitely one of the one of he's in that circle of trust with with Coach Malone for sure. I mean, you know, Coach Coach trusts him with the ball on offense coming down and going down the stretch, and is one of the guys that he prefers to have the ball. I mean, we we've, we've seen that time and time again, and Will has delivered. Uh, on several occasions for the Nuggets on on in clutch moments, but but you're right if if he's 
at a point where he's just a liability on every time down on the defensive end, then they're going to have to make a change. And what stinks even about bringing in a guy like Torrey Craig is it's, I mean, Torrey Craig is a better defender, but again, he's not, he's, he's undersized at that position as well. You know, he's, he's going to give them, he'll give the, he'll give you a little bit more stinginess, but, um, it's, it's not like Denver. Spot, no matter what. It's not like Denver has a great option backing up backing up Will Barton at this point. Like if Wancho Hernan Gomez turns things around and and becomes a a stable defender at the three, which I do think is possible, by the way, then maybe sure. he becomes an option later in games as as a defender and floor spacer. Uh, we saw him defend Giannis Antetokounmpo really well. Uh, we've seen him defend other players really well in the past that are that are big and and are supposed to be big ball handlers uh but that's no guarantee and and neither is that will barton will not do well in those situations and maybe the best thing is to just go with your strength and to continue to force the the other team to try and uh match that uh i think that there's definitely an argument for that where denver puts out their best five-man lineup and forces the other team to match now, I think that there's also also an argument that Denver uses that in their back pocket and uses that to pull away in games, but maybe the best thing is to put your best five players out there consistently. And I think that right. there's definitely an argument for that. We'll just win at 141 to 135 and it'll be fine. That would be you know, so I mean, fun. So fun. <laughs> you know, what's funny is, I mean, the guy that, that again, is it, it, it's, it's just, it goes to show how, how big of a... Uh, how big of a deal Michael Porter Jr. can be for this team because he's the guy who's got all the size at the small sure, forward position, yeah. you know. But obviously, six eleven, right, right. I mean, he's right. He he's every bit as long and, and tall as Kevin Durant. Uh, but he's he's obviously you don't know where he's at right now health wise, and then and then defense is not is not what his the reason the Nuggets drafted him. I mean, he, neither, and that's not the reason that Oklahoma City drafted Kevin Durant second overall either. I mean, Kevin Durant was not a great defender when he came into the league, but he has become a very good defender as he's got older, and that's the kind of arc that you would hope in in the ideal situation that you would get from Michael Porter Jr. And he saws that because without that, you're right. I mean, Wancho Hernan Gomez is probably the next best guy that you would think at least physically would fit the mold that you're looking for but but he's just still largely unproven and 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 you know especially on the defensive end i mean i think we've seen some flashes like you said but you when you look at wancho he's another guy again it's his offensive attributes that are that are primarily what what is the the his strengths so it's 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 the by probably the biggest weakness the Nuggets have right now. I would say is is perimeter oh, defense, 100%. particularly at right right at the small forward position. Or, oh. I'd say big wing defense. Yeah, uh, big that's wing, my exactly. that's my uh, my coined phrase. I would say, uh, and it's one of those things where where if you are concerned about it and it becomes a larger concern throughout the season, then I would hope Tim Connolly would solve that issue by finding a guy who can do that. And there are a number of guys out there that can definitely make that happen. You just have to find the right guy for the right price and be willing to pay it. So it's right. it's always hard to trade offensive assets for defensive assets, but for this case, I think that it might be necessary. Right, and you know another guy uh, that hopefully that I, that we haven't mentioned that hopefully can again get healthy is is Jared Vanderbilt is is the guy who's got the the athleticism that he can probably guard those bigger threes 
as well for uh, for the Nuggets. But again, another guy where you don't know where he's at health wise, and again, also a rookie. I mean, there's so much there's so much that that, that they're going to be learning this year. Rookies in general just are just are bad. I mean, they're just especially on the defensive side. Lots they're, they're lots just... of problems will be solved if the rookies are awesome. Like right. they are they right. are really exactly what Denver needs at this point. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt's kind of a multi tool. Michael Porter Jr. is the two way potential two way three level scorer at at the big wing position that you're looking for long term. So uh, right. if if Michael Porter Jr. continues to if he or not continues, if he shows anything, and if he shows that he's ready to to start at some point, then I think that that's where Denver will be at its best, where Will Barton can go back to a bench scoring role, and Michael Porter Jr. continues to take over at the three. But we're not at that road yet, so Will Barton has to step up. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Let me let's close out the conversation with this. So uh, let me. Will he he obviously he led the team in, in minutes last season. Now he goes into the starting role. Should the Nuggets still, I mean, is it a foregone conclusion that he's just gonna end up being being the leader in minutes again? And and should they be do you think he even ends up ends up getting more? I mean he got thirty three minutes a game last season. Does he end up at around like thirty five or thirty six now as a starter? Uh a couple of seasons ago, he played a lot of minutes. Let me take a look at it right now, just to, just to give the audience a good frame of reference. Um, I'm stalling right now because I was like, also a good sound bite of a, of your keyboard going clicking. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if anybody wants to know what what typing in Will Barton sounds like, that's you, exactly you it. Got it. Uh, yeah, a couple of seasons or 2015-2016 season, he only started one game but he averaged 28.7 minutes per game, which for a bench player in your pretty much your first major minutes on the team is pretty absurd. Uh, he right. may have led the Nuggets in minutes that year, except for, oh, no, no, there's no way, actually. He he was fourth, uh, but that's fine. Uh, he, when, when you have a guy in a big role that you can't really replace, then that's sort of what happens. They start to play more and more minutes. If the Nuggets didn't have a great backup center at this point, then Nikola Jokic would be up at the 36-37 minute mark. Fortunately, they have Mason Plumlee to, to take the burden off of Jokic a little bit, and that's a very important role, by the way. Uh, with Will Barton, you're talking about a guy who could potentially, like, as you said, he'll he'll have moments and and games where in a forty eight minute game he will play forty two minutes, and that is a big issue, and it's again something that I think Tim Connolly needs to solve and that Michael Malone needs to be open to to play the rest of his rotation. But I think that there's potential for him to go both ways with his minutes. I think he played thirty three minutes this past year, and he could play less than that if people behind him step up. And he could play way more than that if people behind him don't step up. So it's really dependent, I think, on other people as opposed to uh, Barton himself. Right, Barton's another guy too. He 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 typically has had a has a good run of health. Uh, with the Nuggets, he's one of the guys who seems to bounce back from injuries as well. So, if there's the Nuggets not being especially deep right now, and with the health, you know, of guys like 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 Porter Jr. and and, and Jared Vanderbilt still up in the air, you would think that he could potentially end up just having to play a lot of minutes, just because if they don't have, if somebody ends up getting hurt, 
you know, they, they don't have a ton of people to go go to on the wings right now. You know, you might have Malik Beasley, but other than that, you're pretty much you're pretty much that's that's it unless it's a, a point guard thing and you're going with Monty Morris. And so and even then, if they we, we don't know the coach Malone will do that. He might just go with Will Barton and back if we've seen him put Will Barton in that point guard role. So I, yeah. I think it, it, I mean, it's it's possible. It's definitely possible. But it's kind of funny. I think. How we were talking before about how how Jamal Murray is is getting you know twenty plus points a game and is a most improved player candidate. How that usually that's going to mean the Nuggets are doing really well. I think if if Will Barton is playing 35, 36 minutes a game, that probably means the Nuggets aren't doing too well. That because that probably means yeah. they've had some sort of health issues, right? Or 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 somebody hasn't hasn't really worked out the way the way that they had hoped. You know, or something has come along that that that's necessitating Will playing that, that many minutes. Because I don't even think you really want him playing around that thirty-three minutes. You probably want him as a starter, more close to to what Wilson Chandler was getting last season. You know, right around 30, 30 31. That that way you can you can move your rotation between um, Barton and Harris and Murray and. Thomas, uh, all you kind of make that whole thing work together and, and get also some time in there for Tory Craig as well. If you like, I said, if you if you're playing him a ton of minutes, I just don't think it's I I don't think that's in the best interest um, of the Denver Nuggets whatsoever. All 100%. right, let's 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 uh, let's get on to our our, our final player. Uh, to break down at least of the of this show, which is the sixth man of the year and and a po- quite potent. Six man of the year, potential six man of the year. Um, I, I'm calling it right here, right now. It's already, uh, it's already just it's already out in there. my mind. That's right, that's right. But but certainly the the six man for the Nuggets and, and a guy who I think, I mean, possibly the most interesting player to to discuss pre preseason because you don't, you really, I don't know what's gonna what's gonna happen with him. And that's that's Isaiah Thomas, of course, who who two years ago was an MVP candidate. And now signed a one-year veteran minimum deal with the Denver Nuggets this year, and so it's you. I mean, I guess it, Ryan, you have when you have that big of a of a difference from from just just in a short time period. How do you? I mean, wh- where do we set realistic expectations for Thomas? Yeah, I think the best thing to do for him is to set the baseline at what he did with the Los Angeles Lakers last year, and then. Everything above that, every if if he exceeds that point, then you're getting more into the value range with him. Uh, last year, he did a nice job of complimenting Lonzo Ball, who was more of a uh, when when they're in the tr- in a transition game, he was the facilitator. But in the half court, uh, Isaiah Thomas was the facilitator. He was the primary scorer uh, when he was in the game. And he did a decent job of that when he was with the Lakers. So I think I would say that the best thing the Nuggets can hope for with him is to have somebody who commands the respect and commands the attention of the opposing defense every single night. Uh, With a guy like Emmanuel Moutier or Devin Harris, that wasn't consistent. Uh, Those two guys uh, you could definitely fall asleep on on defense and they wouldn't really hurt you most of the time although Devin Harris right. did have his moments. Uh, I would say that consistently Isaiah Thomas should be looking to put pressure on the opposing team, be the primary facilitator off the bench for Denver, and to continue to 
do what he does best and play the two-man game with Mason Plumley, play the two-man game with Trey Lyles, and score the hell out of the ball. Uh, that would be great. Right. right. Yeah, I think I think what Thomas said, you, I think that's a good way to put it. The kind of that baseline is is with the Lakers, which was wasn't bad. I mean, he was a fifteen point per game scorer. He you know he he gave them a solid a twenty almost twenty seven minutes a game. I think that's that's right about where you want him now. Obviously, you want his efficiency to be up a little bit more. You want him to get back to that range. Uh, where he was at when he was with the Celtics, where he was shooting better, uh, where he was he was just being a, a, an overall more impactful player. But I don't think, you know, you don't want him to be playing. Another guy, you don't want him up in that 34 uh, minutes per game range like he was playing, 33, 34 minutes per game with, with Boston, just because he's not going to be your starter. That's been made very clear. I mean, again, it would mean so either Jamal Murray would have to have a step back or would have to have gotten injured somehow to really justify playing Thomas that many minutes. But if you can get him, I think, around that 26, 27 minutes per game area, and you can get 15, 16, 17 points a game, I mean, you're talking, like I said, about it seems like he'd be an obvious six-man-of-the-year candidate based just off of that. And and he gives the Nuggets what you want to just him, him, him to be for the team is to give the Nuggets – some some what do I want to say here? I guess some some guidance and 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 control on their on their offense when Nikola Jokic is not in there because the team we've we've seen one of their biggest weaknesses is when Nikola goes off the court, the offense really starts to stagnate. So if you if you can get Isaiah Thomas, that's his moment to shine. That's his moment to be Isaiah Thomas from Boston and 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 be the number one scorer on the court and be the number one playmaker for the team. And if he can do that for you and carry you through those moments, then I think you're. I mean that it's going to be a, a huge a huge benefit for him because you're also like we've been talking about. He's going to have support from from some of the other guards as well, so he's not going to have to do it all himself. But he'll be that potent weapon. That that suddenly makes it so that teams really have to play forty eight minutes. They can't, you know, sleep on on guys like Devin Harris, like you were saying, Ryan. So I, I think that's what's realistic to I guess expect. If you're going to put it in terms of stats, I would say you're probably right. Right? I mean, they run like sixteen points a game. You know, uh, four four or five assists, just kind of that. But but that's that's so much more production than what the Nuggets have been getting out of their backup point guard position since. You know, since basically since Andre Miller was their backup point guard, and uh, yeah, absolutely, uh, he's uh, he definitely has that ability. He could definitely be that threat for Denver in this case. Uh, there are certain things that the Nuggets just didn't have when with their backup point guards in recent years, and and being a dynamic threat scoring wise was one of them. Uh, defense and and shooting and passing were the other things. Uh, so that was a joke, by the way. You're supposed to laugh. <laughs> uh, the The thing about defense. Thomas is that he uh, he's not going to defend. Like that's right. It's unfortunate. He will try, but there are just some things that he's not able to do. Uh, and I think that even limiting his minutes even more than that, instead of twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, he could be in the 22 to 24 minute range which i think would still be the leading backup backup off the bench but the nuggets need to find a way to play offense without nikola Jokic on the floor which means i think they need two different playbooks for here's what we do when nikola Jokic is on the floor 
and here's what we do when he's not on the floor. And right. if Isaiah Thomas can lead that playbook, then the Nuggets are going to be that much better. Uh, he can definitely assimilate and do other things while Jokic is on the floor, and he can be on the floor too, and that two-man game would be pretty sweet, uh, especially if you add in Jamal Murray into that. Um, what I think will be really necessary is finding ways for him to create offense for Trey Lyles and for Mason Plumley and for Juancho Hernan Gomez and Michael Porter when he's back healthy and Malik Beasley and those guys. Uh, so I think that the assist numbers are going to be really important as well. He scores naturally. Like he'll get open shots. He'll create shots right. for himself. Uh, I think 15 points for him is, is actually going to be pretty easy. Uh, even in a bench role, uh, He's he's one of the most potent scorers that that we've seen in this generation of of point guards. I think, uh, right? I I think the stats can actually back that up. Uh, what we haven't seen from the Nuggets point guard situation in recent years is can we have a guy facilitate five six assists a game to his to the other backups? Uh, can Trey Lyles continue to be a pick and pop threat? Can Mason Plumlee be an above-the-rim threat off of passes from Isaiah Thomas? Uh, Malik Beasley is best off the catch-and-shoot, but he hasn't been as consistent the first two years of his career. If Isaiah Thomas continues to hit him in the right spots, then maybe he becomes more consistent. Maybe Isaiah Thomas actually saves his career. Uh, It would be a great thing for Denver if Isaiah Thomas is great. Uh, I think I would predict 15 points... 5.5 5.5 assists uh you're gonna go probably back to around league average efficiency which i think would be great for denver yeah absolutely that's and that's like we kind of talk about the, 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 that's a really the realistic um expectation you mentioned him, him having to resurrect his career and i want to close out the show with this he's obviously on the one year veteran minimum so give me a paint for me the scenario that that involves Isaiah Thomas being re-signed and, and being a nugget long-term? Uh, that's going to be interesting because you have Jamal Murray as a as a nugget long-term in all likelihood. You have Gary Harris as a nugget long-term in all likelihood. Uh, Will Barton as well. If one of those guys is traded, then I think you, you pay the piper for Isaiah Thomas, especially if he does well. Uh, if he if he becomes a consistent scorer that the Nuggets could count count on off of their bench or in, even in the starting lineup if one of those starters is traded, then that's a big deal. Uh, if he doesn't necessarily do well, uh, I don't think the Nuggets will wait to keep him around. I think they could keep around Monty Morris for cheap for the for the next two years of Monty Morris's deal. So right. Isaiah Thomas has to do well. Uh, he has to be willing to come back and likely play a similar role. And I think the Nuggets have to win. Like, I think they probably have to at least get into the playoffs with, with Isaiah Thomas in, in tow. And uh, they probably have to win a series in all likelihood. Right. Yeah, I think um, – I I'm not sure about if they have to win a series, I think. But I, I think certainly he has to do well. He has to be a, a key cog for them. He has to – there, I mean, there's got to be. Uh, he's gonna have to play play a good portion of minutes, I think, too, because there's, he has to have the trust in in Coach Malone um, 
to want to stay here because I don't think the Nuggets, if he has a good season, I don't think the Nuggets are going to be the ones who offer him the most money uh, in, in the offseason. I think, you know, the Nuggets will probably want to keep him somewhere at most around like, a, you know, I think his, his ceiling will be like a mid-level exception kind of deal for for them that's that's where he would be at. I don't think they're going to continue to shell out money because they have to they have to pay Jamal Murray and they have to uh, you know they've got to decide what they're going to do on Paul Millsap as well. But if he I do wonder with Isaiah if he's going to be a guy who's like, you know what? I I I just want to be in a spot. I want to be at my spot. I've got a coach I trust. Um, I'm I'm in a place that I that I that that wanted me that gave me a chance when nobody else did. I'm gonna I I want to be here, and so I'm willing to take a couple million less. That's that I think is is how he ends up with the team long term. Because if he has a big year, like I said, there, there certainly somebody will probably give him an offer. Um, and the Nuggets just aren't in a position to do uh, do a ton salary cap wise unless they want to give up on Paul Millsap, which is, that would be. He would have to be really good um, for them to, I think, make that kind of that kind of change. Or, or they have other guys that step up in Paul Millsap's role, or Michael Porter Jr. becomes very, very good, very, very quickly. Jared Vanderbilt, something like that. But uh, again, Isaiah Thomas, I think, I think he has to prove it to Denver that he deserves to be there again, and I think that he has to become. Uh, essential uh, to their second unit to, to as their sixth man. If he, let's say he does win sixth man of the year, like I think they would try and resign him personally. I think that that becomes possibly even more valuable than what Paul Millsap will give you going forward. So we'll just have to see. I think it's uh, I think it's a really interesting conversation uh, having four guard scores in Thomas Murray Barton and Harris is a big big plus. And it's a it's right. just a huge advantage for Denver. And in in my experience, you don't want to give up things that you're really good at to try and get like to try and improve on things that you're not so good at because it doesn't always work that way. Right, right, absolutely. And the thing is, I mean, if if it worked out, it would be potent across the board because then you think about it, you have those four scoring guards. If if Michael Porter Jr. worked out, then you have oh, there's your you know there's your like we said three level scoring. Small forward with still Nicole Jokic as the linchpin. I mean, I, again, you're you're stacking up the what ifs here. So obviously, it's it probably doesn't all work out this, but it's there's certainly a situation where if if, if it is with the team long term, you think they again you, you think that things are probably going pretty well um, for for 100%. the team if that if that's the case, you know. The Nuggets take care of their own. They really they they've proven that over the last few years. Like they, if he does well, then they'll resign him. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We won't get into the Mason Plumlee on this show because we are out of <laughs> we are out of time. All right. Uh, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh. Ryan is at NBA Blackburn. Um, Denver Stiffs is at Denver Stiffs. Nothing but Net Radio is at NBN Radio. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs. Over on Facebook as well. Give us a follow and a like there. And if you guys are listening to the podcast version of this, I tell you every week you should be downloading the Dash Radio app so you can listen to nothing but Net Radio on your phone, in your car, wherever you are on the internet. 
And you can catch shows just like this one, team-specific about all the teams in the NBA, as well as some general NBA shows and some cool music in between. So check that out. But if you are listening to the podcast version, we would appreciate it if you subscribed and left us a rating. All right, Ryan, I appreciate you being on, sir. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone, we will talk to you next week. to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.